Hey everybody, Pierre Quinn here, and you're listening to episode 134 of the Leading Wild Green podcast, where my mission is to help you live, learn, and lead with confidence. On this episode of the podcast, I am joined by connector, consultant, coach, and the LinkedIn locksmith, Robert YB Youngblood. Now, before we jump into that conversation with YB, I want to thank you so much for supporting the Leading Wild Green podcast. You rate it, you review it, you listen to it, you share it on social media. And all of that is supporting this journey to help others become more effective leaders. And I want to thank you so much for that. Now, if you haven't rated it, can you hop over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review and some comments or wherever you listen to podcasts, rate it, leave some reviews, leave some comments, let other people know the more you rate it and the more you share gives us a greater opportunity to impact other leaders who are going on this journey with us. Got some great things happening that I want to tell you about. Many of you will remember the Next Step Summit that we hosted a couple of months ago. Well, we're bringing it back. November 24th, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., the Next Step Summit will be back. Next Step Summit Part 2, our theme is Courage Activated. And the Next Step Summit is an experience meant to inspire business leaders, entrepreneurs, and creatives during these tough times. Because even though times are uncertain, as leaders, as executives, as creatives, as experts in some form or fashion, we still need to keep going and forge ahead. And the purpose of the summit is really to acknowledge the uncertainty that we're all dealing with. And then it's conversations around things that we can practically do to move forward in these uncertain times. Got an amazing group joining us for Next Step Summit 2, Courage Activated. Registration will open in just a few days, so pay attention on socials, prcquin.com. Check me out on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram, and soon you'll be able to register for this conference. And it's free. It's absolutely free to join us for the Next Step Summit. So, yeah, Need you there. It's going to be a great series of conversations. Okay, my guest on this episode is Robert YB Youngblood. YB is the president and chief connecting officer of YB Connects, a Richmond, Virginia-based consulting firm that enhances the confidence, clarity, and connections of new entrepreneurs, sales professionals, and students while increasing their visibility, credibility, and profitability. YB strives to create awareness, empower leaders, promote philanthropy, and facilitate connections that lead to outstanding outcomes. As a master of prospecting, YB teaches his clients how to leverage tools like LinkedIn to attract quality referrals, opportunities, and revenue. So YB is going to drop some incredible insights, insights that have been put into practice by Virginia Union University, by En-ROADS, by 120 Design Studios, by athletes and entertainers, and by one of the top speakers in the world, Dr. Eric Thomas. So YB knows his stuff, and he has the receipts to prove that his work has been effective. So here's my conversation with Robert YB Youngblood. Excited to be joined on this episode of the Leading Wild Green podcast by Robert YB Youngblood. YB, thanks for being my guest today. I appreciate it, my brother. Thanks for having me. So, man, let's let's just go back. Let's let's dial back. Let's hop in the time machine and uh, talk to us about, you know, high school life, college life for you. What were you thinking in terms of, you know, a career and the direction that your life was going? 
Yeah, man. So high school, uh, I'm originally from the Bronx, New York. I uh, grew up in a single parent home. My father was actually murdered when I was two. I uh, often tell that story or, or set off the pace with that because I want people to know I'm not a big deal. Uh, you know, I've just I've just learned how to apply what people have taught me. Hmm. When I was in high school, I was a straight B student. Wasn't really studying that much. I was coasting off pure intelligence, just, you know, getting the work done, never really working hard. And I really didn't know what I wanted to be. Uh, it's funny, when I was a kid, uh, I would tell the pastor at the church I attended that I wanted to be a preacher just like him. <laughs> I remember tugging his robe and telling him I wanted to be a preacher just like him. And don't you know, every time I came to church, he kept reminding that everybody, first of all, he <laughs> reminded everybody what I said, but then he reminded people who I was, meaning my my grandfather was an, uh, a deacon in the church. Mm-hmm. And because he was the deacon of the church, um, the pastor would always address me as Frank Manigault's grandson. Mm. And that meant a lot to me, man, because, you know, I really know my, I didn't really know my grandfather like that. I mean, we, we, we ate breakfast together, but we went to baseball games together, but I really didn't know my, my grandfather, but I knew that my career, I wanted to do something impacting people. Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to do something that was going to help change people's lives. And, um, when I got to college, um, I was en route to doing what I'm doing today. I just didn't know what it was called. Mm, okay. uh, my last, my last three weeks before I gra- before I went to uh, college, I was an intern with Def Jam, and that changed my mm, life, bro. Like that okay. changed that changed my life, man. Because I was a I was a foot messenger or a, street, uh, a foot messenger in New York delivering packages, and I remember going to the Def Jam office. Uh, matter of fact, I was in the same building where Def Jam was. I was delivering a package and I bumped into the, the national director of street team or, or, or marketing or Def Jam. He was like, you want an internship? I was like, absolutely. I called the company I work for and never do this. Right. Well, <laughs> I tell you folks, never do this. Right. But I called the company. I said, listen, I'm not coming back. You know, send me my check. And Three weeks, man, I was on street team for Def Jam, and that opened me up to promotions and marketing, and it, it planted a seed for what I'm doing, what I'm doing today. Uh, okay, okay. You 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 unlocking us early, yeah. unlocking us early, YB. So let's let's go back to Def, J- Def Jam days. Yeah. And when you saw the marketing, the PR, kind of the mm-hmm. system, the style that Def Jam was using at yeah. that time. What were some of the things that made them successful yeah, like in, in the yeah. game when, when you well, were with them? Well, you know, what I remember is just the energy, man, and the attitude that they had, man. You know what I'm saying? Like at that time, this is you're talking about 1996, right? Mm-hmm. But at that time, man, they was eating, man. Like they was they was killing a game, like everything they dropped. I mean, they had Method Man, Red Man, LL Cool J, Monto Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Like all of these great uh, acts that was uh, in there. So the first thing was just the energy yeah. and the mindset and the attitude that, hey, we're the best. You know what I'm saying? We're the best. When we did Street Team and at that time, it was Bad Boy. It was Def Jam. And obviously you had some stuff going on in the West Coast as well. But the energy was positive. Um, you know, we were slick in our approach, you know what I'm saying? Like we would go out, we, we, you know, not on some gritty grimy stuff, but we would, we would hit people up, man. Like literally mm-hmm. in the streets, handing out flyers. I remember we went, uh, I went to three clubs in one night and my mom was tripping, you know, she was like, listen, 
I know you're about to go to college, but you ain't in college yet. You need to be home by X time. I'm like, man, you, you tripping, man. You know, uh, I went to the, uh, at, at, they had a major event at uh, Radio Radio City Music Hall mm-hmm. where uh, LL Cool J and R. Kelly was performing. I was able to get in there and the energy was just crazy, man. So I would say, you know, number one thing is just being visible. Like they was everywhere. Def Jam was everywhere. Yeah. And that made an impression on me because, you know, it's like if you want to be seen, if you want to be known, you have to be visible. Mm. And, and that was something that stuck with me. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the the work that you do before we get into like the major focus of our conversation today. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the work that you do in in higher education yeah. and really transforming lives in that space. You mentioned yeah. when you were growing up, you always wanted to do something that's impacting lives yeah. and talk about the work that you do in the education space and shifting perspectives uh, with the the young people and the impact that you're having with the organization that you serve. Yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, it starts in 2000. So I was supposed to graduate from college uh, May 20, May 2000. Uh, I was no close to graduating at that time. I started school in 96, was supposed to finish in 2000. But I had a very powerful, positive encounter with the president at that time, uh, Dr. Bernard Franklin. And Dr. Franklin was this suave, well-spoken orator, a uh, powerful leader that, you know, literally would give money out of his pocket to students who would run up on him and say, you know, my money got locked in the, uh, in the, in the vending machine. And mm-hmm. I would literally snatch the money back and say, do you know who you, do you know who that is? Right. But just, just to show his heart. And so that made an impression on me. And on, and on that, and in that moment, I said, I want to be president of Virginia union university. Right. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to now, I'm doing work for a career college or career school in Richmond, Virginia. It's called Centura College. Uh, the focus of it is uh, skilled trades and allied health. Uh, our focus is really to empower adult students to help them develop the skills necessary and the attitudes necessary so they can be successful in skilled trades or allied health. Um, I got into this role as a result of a relationship that I established hmm. in 2002. Now, keep in mind, I told you that I was no close to graduating in 2000 than I was when I first got started. So that prompted me to leave school. I took an 18-month hiatus. Mm-hmm. And when I came back in 2002, I was able to build some new relationships. One relationship led me to connect 18 years later, almost almost 18 months, 16 years later, to a woman who was the director of admissions for this current role that I'm in. Mm. And as a result of that relationship and because she posted it on LinkedIn, it opened up the door for me to move in and and, and get into this role in higher education. Talk to me about that 18 month hiatus. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some people yeah. and, you know, I took a, a year off from school as well. Um, some people think or some people listen to the podcast or even they're in their career and they're still wrestling with, man, I should be much further along. Yeah, I took a break. I shouldn't have stopped. You know, I took a year off. I took a gap year before I started college or I didn't know what my major was or I ran out of money. And if I had just not had that experience, things would be much better. Talk to talk to me from your perspective. I mean, you took Mm -hmm. the hiatus, but then some amazing things happened on the other side of that. So how can we reframe Mm -hmm. some of the stoppages that occur sometimes from, from things that we have no control over? Yeah. Sometimes because, you know, we just weren't on our game at the time. How can we reframe that break or stoppage in play? 
Yeah, so my mindset at that time, man, it, this was December of 2020, and I was broken. You know what I mean? I was broken uh, financially, emotionally, spiritually. I was I was broken, and I couldn't. I didn't have enough. I didn't have any more gas in the tank to push to even push beyond that moment. So I needed to stop. I, you know, I took a time off, and and I'm glad that I did because those 18 months were some of the most trying times in my life. Hmm. You know, I experienced 9 11 in that in that uh, in that 18 month period. I was literally downtown Wall Street area as the buildings were crumbling. Wow! And, and like I was down there, that changed my life. You know, having to walk miles to get to work, uh, uh, shoes leaning over, holes in my shoes. You know, uh, uh, pants safe. You know, pants just busting at the seams because I was wearing the same pants all the time. Yeah, it just it. But the challenges are meant to reveal your character, right? It's meant for you to recognize what you have on the inside of you. And had I not gone through that, man, I'd probably be a, I'd be a totally different person today. Right. Mm -hmm. So those experiences, though, open up doors to new relationships. It opened up doors to new uh, ideas, uh, seeds yeah. that were sown on the inside of me. And I would say yeah. that anybody that has to stop, understand that you're not. Sometimes you just need to pivot. Like and we in 2020, I think pivot is probably in the top five words of 2020. Right. Yeah. But understand this. You could be going down a path right now and think that, oh, I'm 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 good, but you might be going the wrong way. Hmm. But because you pivot and you go in another direction or you stop and you and you pull out back in the you pull out a map. Like back in the day we didn't have GPS, right? Back <laughs> in the day we didn't have Google Maps, right? You literally had to stop. You had to put go into your glove compartment box, yeah. pull out your map, right? And you had to identify where you were. So you might think that because you're on a path that, oh, man, I'm so far behind. But in actuality, you might end up finding the expressway hmm. and it cuts time off your, your travels or you recognize, man, I'm not going. I'm not going in the direction I'm supposed to be going. And you and you pivot or you you reroute, you know, like, yeah. like Google, like Google says, or, or back in the day, you listen to the uh, the the, uh, the the, you know, you know, the, 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 the map quest or whatever it was. And it's like yeah. rerouting. Yeah. Yeah. So when you reroute, it now gets you on the path you're supposed to be and you get there right on time or you might get there sooner. So I would say just be encouraged through the process. And that's why it's important to have a coach, mm -hmm. uh, to have coaches because most people get in their feelings and the feelings is what people focus on and they feel like I'm not far enough or I'm not, I'm not close to where I'm going. And yeah. actually, you're, you're where you're supposed to be at the time you're supposed to be there. I, I want to dig on the the allied health and skill trades piece a little bit and yeah. bring it kind of so I could tag it to the next section of our conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but talk to me about some stories from that. So I yeah. always said if I could do it all over again, yeah. I would have picked up a trade oh, earlier. Same here. Same so here. I would have been a barber. Along yeah. with all the stuff that I've done in my yeah. life and my career, I would have been a barber. I would have been a home inspector. I would have been a, a contract, a mechanic, yeah. something to go alongside um, some of the work that I've been doing. And especially in those low points where I could just yeah. pick up my tools. Yeah, pick up your tools and, and get to work. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. Like, so, you know, my mom, she worked for the telephone company. She was a technician. Okay. Yeah. And uh, she worked overtime, double time, triple time. She used to work on wires. The only fine memory, well, it's not even a fine memory, but every time I think about the telephone company, I think about how many times she went on strike. 
<laughs> wow. It's the only thing I think about. <laughs> Being on the picket line with her, right? Calling yeah. people tabs because they was working and the other people wasn't working, right? But I think I think had that influence been greater, I would have also gone into a trade. But you know, it's funny. I got very soft hands, bro. So I ain't never do no trades in my life. Matter of fact, my first <laughs> my first real job, first real job. Well, it wasn't a real job, but my first kind of job was working for my uncle. My uncle owned a uh, carpet cleaning business. He was out of Jersey. Yeah. He owned a carpet cleaning business. And I remember he took me on a job and uh, and he fired me the same day. Like he hired me that day. Oh, he come on. Day. Yeah, he fired <laughs> me. And the reason why he fired me was because I was too weak to hold the bu- the buckets of water. Right. So I had to I had to carry buckets of water over the carpets we just cleaned. And the water was getting on the carpet. He's like, yo, you out of here, buddy. You out. You out. So, but I think, I think had I known then what I yeah. know now, I would have gotten into a trade. But the beauty of where I'm at, man, is just the amount of lives that have changed, man. Yeah. A young man, 31 years old, uh, last February, came into my office on a Saturday, man. On a Saturday, <laughs> sat down with me, was just telling me about his life, where he'd where he been. You know, he was smoking weed. He stopped 31. He changed his, changed his surroundings to change the, the people who he's around. And he remembered something that his grandfather and his uncle told him about welding. And he decided that he wanted to pursue this. He, he had just turned 31. He wanted to change his life. And he came in. He actually enrolled for the very first cohort that we started, February 2019. And this young brother, man, he put in his work, man. And these guys, when they started this program, man, they really didn't have much of anything in the program. We had just started. There was five students and a metal table that they were working on in February. Now, in Richmond, Virginia, the weather's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. But in February, it's cold. Yeah. So these jokers, they were out there, you know, working. But understand, as as they began to fast forward, the program grew and now we have welding booths. We've got cutting stations. I mean, this the guy that I'm talking about, he just he recently finished. So he finished that program in January 2020 because it's a 12 month program. He finished that program. Three weeks later, he got hired by a top company here in here in uh, Richmond, Virginia, which is which his site is two minutes from his house. Wow. Two minutes from his house and the lessons that he learned, uh, like, you know, different projects that he worked on literally prepared him for the opportunity that he was able to acquire. And then and then because of where he was and the work that he did, he was able to open the door for another one of his classmates that was in his cohort to come and work at that same company. And those are the only two graduates so far from our school for welding that's working at that company. So I have no doubt in my mind, as long as they keep representing and as long as we keep producing welding students, there will be more opportunities to come because this one brother came in on a Saturday to sit at my, to sit at my desk, to talk to me about how he wanted to get into this, uh, this welding program. And so I, I would, I'm just grateful that I was, that I was there at that point in time, because keep in mind, mm-hmm. I started working there December of 2018. Mm. He came into my life uh, late January 2019 and started the program February 2019 and finished the program January 2020. And so, you know, he and he was my very first student that I enrolled into Central College. Man, yeah. why, listen, I can't, why be, I can't wait for the book to come out. Like, yeah. kind of the experiences of what you've been sharing, the threads yeah. uh, in all of it. So, there's there's something else that you do 
which really is the, the, the main focus of the rest of our time. Yeah, and it, yeah. and it's, it's along the theme of connections and relationships. It's, it's along the theme of being visible. Yeah. It's 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 along the theme of, you know, asking for 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 help and, and support. It's along the theme of changing lives. So let, t- tell the people about man, this amazing world that you live in, uh, in the in the social space and, and what you do there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in many circles, I'm known as the LinkedIn locksmith. Um, that wasn't a name that I gave myself. As a matter of fact, uh, I was laid off from a nonprofit position in 2012. And as a result of that layoff, uh, it opened up the door for me to do what I'm doing today. You know, I, I tell people all the time and I love what, uh, what, what the Willie Jolly said, you know, a setback is a setup for a comeback. Mm-hmm. So that setback that I had from being laid off prompted me to pray. The moment I left the building, like literally it was a Friday. I know the exact date, August 15th, 2012. And as I was leaving the building for the very last time with tears coming out of my face, uh, I prayed to God that he would deposit within me something that would allow me to live for him while utilizing the gifts and talents that he had given me to be a blessing unto other people. Mm-hmm. And, and now I'm on your podcast. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So that prayer is still manifesting. And so, so what he deposited within me was YB Connects which is the name of my company, right? Or rather it's the name of his company. I'm just the chief connecting officer, right? So I, yeah. just, you know, I, I operate as the chief connecting officer, whatever he deposits in me and tells me to do, that's what I do. Uh, but in that role, I basically uh, began to work with job seekers who were struggling to find opportunities and didn't really know how to use LinkedIn, mm-hmm. right? So because I was good at networking, because I was good at promoting, right? I was, my gift is connecting. Uh, I was able to help several people to get connected to opportunities and to learn how to use LinkedIn so that they can attract the ideal opportunity. But in 2016, I went full time to build YB Connects and I shifted and I began working more so with entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. uh, individuals who are looking for ways to attract new clients. And, um, and my life totally changed as a result of connecting with you know, Dr. Eric Thomas and and several people in the Breathe University community. And that's how I was able to get the name LinkedIn Locksmith because of being in that environment. Yeah, well, I want to dive a little bit more into what you do specifically with LinkedIn, yep. but yep. Um, let's do receipts first. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, you mentioned Dr. Eric Thomas, who are some of the other people that you've that you've worked with? Yeah. Um, even yeah. if the name isn't notable. But yeah. the transformation has been notable. So oh, no any way you want to come at it. Yeah, no question. So as a result of being in Breathe University, I was able to not only bless uh, uh, E.T., you know, I, you know, I do some work in terms of helping him with his uh, LinkedIn presence. Uh, David Shands, who's known as uh, Mr. Sleepers for Suckers, who actually gave me the name LinkedIn Locksmith. I blessed him and then he turned around and blessed me. Uh, Marshall Fox, who is the uh, the uh, owner of 120 Design Studio, the baddest graphic design branding company out there. Um, uh, you know, uh, Miss Quinn, right? We got uh, Quinn Conyers. Uh, Quinn Conyers actually is the purpose, the reason behind you and I connecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a phenomenal speaker. Uh, you know, several other people, man. Gary Brackett, who's a uh, Super Bowl champion. You know, for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, you know, and several others, man. You know, I, you know, I've been blessed to work mm-hmm. with a ton of speakers, coaches, consultants. Uh, you know, the sales professionals, you know, folks that were looking for ways to increase their visibility 
credibility and profitability. Yeah, man. A couple of those folks that you mentioned, uh, I, I know I've connected with, even had Marshall on the Leading Wild Green podcast not too yeah. long ago. So yeah, def- definitely good people and definitely been able to see your impact through through some of their work, uh, which is how, how we got connected. So uh, let's demystify LinkedIn. Yeah. Let's kind of just demystify it because there's there's usually two camps. There's usually like people who are just on LinkedIn and just killing it and visible and connecting and writing. And, and they have tons of energy that you mentioned before that you saw with Def Jam. And then there are the, there's the other group that's that say, I don't have a LinkedIn right. or I got a LinkedIn page. It has no picture. It has 13 connects. Right. Like, those are two kind yeah. of the two, two, two big camps. So from the outset, help us understand and your definition mm-hmm. what LinkedIn really is. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of us that don't know like what yeah. it is. Yeah. No question. It's funny, man. People, I have people all the time say, yeah, you work for LinkedIn. I'm like, not yet. You know, <laughs> they're going to call me eventually. Yeah. Uh, because at the end of the day, one of my one of my goals is to encourage one million individuals to leverage LinkedIn. Hmm. Now, keep in mind, LinkedIn is already a behemoth, man. They already have hundreds of millions of people that use the, the platform or are on the platform, but they're not using it to the fullest capacity. Right. Mm-hmm. So LinkedIn actually started as a platform to help job seekers connect to recruiters and vice versa. And so most people still see it as a job seeking site. And it does have that function. But because LinkedIn has grown as a marketplace, people are now able to attract business in terms of new clients. And so now, and I'm going to have to link this to my my layoff because when I was laid off, my mindset shifted to that any other company that I work with after that company, they're they're no longer my employer. They're my client. Mm. And so anytime I work for a company, I'm a business, I'm a brand, I'm an owner. I give my gift, my skills, my network to this organization in exchange for compensation. And if the relationship for whatever reason doesn't work or the organization runs out of funding, which sometimes clients do, yeah. then we go in a different direction. It's business. It's not, it's not emotional anymore for me, right? So because I have that mindset, I'm able to then apply that to LinkedIn and see every organization that I work with as a client. So I list them as a a, a work experience. You know, one of the things that I know you and I talked about, right, is that, hey, as a speaker, people are going to bring you in to speak. It is critical that you list them as a part of your work experience. Why? Because they, they, in essence, employed you, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. They wrote you a check. The check came. Yes, the sir. The check came. The check cashed. <laughs> yes, sir. You feel me? And it cleared. Yes, sir. So now you can leverage that to show social proof that you are who you say you are and you're adding that value. And what that does is that adds credibility so that when people see you, just like you talked about receipts, you got them mm-hmm. in abundance. You feel what I'm saying? And so and so with LinkedIn now, it's a matter of enhancing the visibility the credibility, uh, the, 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 just the, the clarity of your brand. Because if I were to meet you out in the street and you tell me, Hey, you know, I, I do X, I do Y, I do Z. I'm like, okay, that sounds good, but I'm going to go pick up my phone. Yeah. I'm going to Google you. Yep. And if you don't have any proof, I don't care what you say. The proof is in the pudding 
in terms of what you've produced. And so LinkedIn allows for you to multiply that 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 visibility, that credibility. And so I, I, in my opinion, I think it's imperative that if you are a revenue generating individual, right, that you need to be on LinkedIn. Man, okay, YB, you we, we you you open it up the floodgates a little bit. I know people who may not have been paying full attention before, yeah, uh, just perked up uh, when when you went through through that piece. Mm-hmm. So let's do common mistakes. Yeah, when when not even being not even necessarily working with people, but just as you interact with the platform and you're yeah. on LinkedIn a lot. Yeah, so let's talk about some common mistakes that people make. Uh, being on the platform, setting up their accounts, the things that they miss or maybe things that they, they try to do, but like, that's just the wrong strategy. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I did a, I did a talk for a sister and I uh, was going to give her all 10 pet peeves, but I said, no, nah, I'm going to just give her three. Yeah. Uh, but so I'll say the number one thing is not having a professional headshot. Hmm. All right. So if you don't see yourself as a brand then people are not going to see you as a brand, they're not going to, they're not going to want to hire you or, or, you know, they're not going to want to pay you because they don't trust that you are who you say you are in the world of fake because social media produces a lot of fake, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have a, a professional picture, you're already behind the eight ball. Now, you know, so when I look at a profile, I'm judging, you know, a lot of people say you shouldn't judge. I'm judging because mm-hmm. If you if you don't want to take the time to promote your professional self, then why should we engage professionally? You feel me? So that's one that's one uh, mistake that some people make. Then second mistake is not being clear on why you're using LinkedIn. Hmm. Right. Not being clear. And it shows up in your profile. So if you lack clarity, if you lack clarity, don't expect other people to 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 know exactly who you are and what you do and why you do what you do. Um, and then the third one, which is actually the biggest, is sending a connection request without a note. Right. Mm-hmm. That's huge, man, because, you know, understand this. If someone came and knocked at your door, what's the very first question you're going to ask yourself or even say out loud? Who is it? Who are you? Yeah. Who are you? Like, who yeah. are you? Like, what? Like, wh- why? Did, why are you knocking at my door? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm from New York, man. We don't trust nobody. We look through the people. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, who is it? I'm not going to just open my door because somebody knocked. The same is true for LinkedIn. You're not going to just open up your network for someone who just sends you a, a, a connection request or because they say, hey, listen, I want to expand my network. I like to connect. Okay, that's what you want. But you're not talking to me about what I want. Like you want to get in my network, but you're telling me you want to you want to expand your network. I'm sitting there like, so like, what is that? What is how is that producing something that's mutually beneficial? Hmm. So by sending a personalized note and letting the person know, number one, why are you sending the invitation to connect and what's the value that's going to come from connecting with you? You know, that's a, that's something that's very important. And you get about 160 to 300 characters to be able to promote that. It's just yeah. about how do you how do you put it in words? So, for example, somebody might hear me on your podcast and might say, OK, I want to approach YB on LinkedIn. The best thing you could do is to say, hey, I had a chance to listen, you know, hear you hear you on the podcast. And I like what you said. I like to learn more. I like to build with you. You know, if you make it about that individual that you want to connect with, they will open up the floodgates for you. They'll open up the doors for you. But if it's all about you and what you want, then people really want what you want. 
you have to be able to focus on what they want and make it fit into what you need and what you want. Well, I be, I got a connection request this week. Um, it was just so random. It had yeah. a whole bunch of, uh, the person was saying, you know, I do all of this mm-hmm. uh, computer coding. Yeah. Uh, it was putting coding acronyms in there. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, yeah. yeah. I don't, first of all, yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, Second of all, about. I don't even need that yeah. service. Where are you nothing, coming nothing from? Nothing on my pro, nothing on my, nothing on my profile said anything about coding. Like, you know, and yeah. And, and yeah, so I, I, so it's funny. I posted a message. I posted a message on Instagram. No, no I saw that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, post, I posted on Instagram, but I, I did it on Facebook first and I put a face of Martin. Right. Yeah. So if you, if you guys get the chance to come on my LinkedIn profile, you'll see it. Right. Uh, I put this face of Martin and I said, the look, I, the look I make when people hit me up and they say, uh, your profile, I saw your profile, but they don't show up in who's visit, who's visited your profile. So what that means is that you no, know, now now LinkedIn and we, this is what separates LinkedIn from every other platform. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn will tell you who has visited your profile. That's a yeah. game changer for somebody that's looking at getting new business because yeah. anybody can visit you on Instagram, but you don't know who's visited you unless they do what hit the like button. Yep, yep. you feel me, or make yep. a comment, or jump in your DM. Um. But with LinkedIn, anytime somebody visits your profile, it's going to tell you. Now, you're at a disadvantage if you just got the free service because LinkedIn is only going to show you maybe three or four people that's visited. But if you have the premium, man, any single person, every single person, like I can go back 90 days and see who's looked at my profile. Mm, wow. And so if a person sends me an invitation to connect, I'm going to look to see, did they even look at my profile? Because if not, they just throwing something out there willy-nilly expecting me to, to catch it and, and open up my network when in actuality, you don't even know who I am. You don't even know what I do. You, you, you just want to expand the numbers of people because what most people don't realize is that for every person you add to your LinkedIn network, it expands your network according to how many people is connected to them. So if you got 5,000 connections, and I got 5,000 connections. By adding you now, my second tier connection has grown by at least 5,000 connections. By at least, minimum. So most people, they want to expand, expand, expand so they can do what? Sell, sell, sell. And there's nothing wrong with selling. My background sells and marketing. <laughs> but I'm a firm believer in relationship first, business second. I'll, I'll, before we run out of time in this conversation, I want to kind of go over some of the work that we did uh, yeah. together. Like that was transformative. Yes, sir. Uh, and and really kind of plug with you, like sh- shamelessly. We're, we we oh, plug yeah. in YB, no, what YB does. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that, it's coming. All right. So j- just hold on we're, uh, for the next section of our conversation. But I want to go back to Def Jam yeah. and, and kind of build a bridge for us between mm-hmm. what you were doing and learning at Def Jam. Yeah. And some of that same skill set or even perspective with LinkedIn, because yeah. I know a lot of us in the social space and I know it's part of maybe what we deal with internally, mm-hmm. the rejection piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reached out to YB. He didn't like I sent him a cool, like a nice little note, a right. connection request. Right. And he didn't even say anything to me. Yeah. And or I reached out to a person, you know, an HR director. I reached out to mm-hmm. a person who could use my services. Yeah. yeah and yeah. they didn't respond. Mm-hmm. And I'm in my feelings now. Right. What was something that you learned about the hustle? 
yeah. at Def Jam that you're applying even today when you coach your LinkedIn clients? So here's, here's what, here was the biggest lesson. I learned you never go straight to the source. Mm. So if I wanted to connect with Russell, when I wanted to connect with Russell Simmons, I would have never gone and knocked on his door. If I wanted to connect with Leo Cohen or Kevin Lyles, I would have never just gone and knocked on my door. So what? So I could get played? Mm. Like, well, who are you, man? You're the intern. But if I wanted to connect with those guys, I hit up the guy that I'm working for who's Rob Love, and I say, Rob, man, he, you know, what would it take for me to connect and sit down with Russell? And he said, oh, you want to sit down with Russell? I got you. Come on. Come down the hall with me. So what that showed me was mm. if you have relationships, instead of you attempting to do something on the cold boy in terms of doing something cold, you trying to approach somebody because you think you're sweet and because you got titles and degrees and stuff that people just going to recognize you. Nah, man, people don't give a rip. Yeah. But if you come in with someone else that has that relationship, that has that credibility, and they introduce you to that person, now the connection is much more warm because they have the credibility and you get to come in based on their credibility. I doubt if I doubt if I would have hit you up directly on LinkedIn that we'd be on this podcast. I'll be honest with you. I doubt that. Probably not. You wouldn't have you wouldn't have had a reason to get to really get to know me, even yeah. if even if you was looking out for my service. But because someone that had credibility with you knew what you needed and spoke in your language to me, mm-hmm. I was then able to then pick up the ball and treat you like I treated her. Yep. You feel me? From the yep. moment the handoff was made, and probably even better. Why? Because I, I, you don't know me. So my impression of you is, I mean, your impression of me is always going to be, okay, side eye a little bit. Like, okay, is he the real deal? Cause it's somebody could say somebody, is he going to treat me like that? Yeah. Yeah. So my thing is let me treat you just as, or even better so that when you get the result you're looking for, you're going to go back to her and say, man, first of all, thank you so much for making the connect. But then it's like, you know what? I need to tell somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know I me. Mean? I need to tell somebody else. And so that, that credibility part is critical. That's what I learned from Def Jam. And that's how Def Jam grew, man. I mean, they hustled, but if they have a roster artist, that's, that's fire. Who's going to judge their roster? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you walk in the door and off the rip, it's like, okay, run DMC, you know, LL Cool J, you know, uh, 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 Method Man, Red Man, like, Folks, you know, so folks respect credibility. And so if if you if you approach someone and you don't have that credibility with them, expect two things to happen. Expect them to, to give you the sidearm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Expect them, expect to probably have a lot more time that it takes for you to get their attention. Expect mm-hmm. that. And, and because you might expect that, then don't allow your 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 feelings. I'm gonna tell you what my coach Kendall says to sells to me, Kendall Ficklin. He says, don't allow the way you feel to affect the way that you flow. Okay. And so if someone does reject you, if they take some time to get back to you, be patient. And in that time of being patient, find someone that that you have a connection with Mm -hmm. that can open up that door to get connected to the person that you want to get connected to. And I guarantee you, you'll have a much better result. Absolutely. You know, as a, as a speaker and, and trainer, 90, 95% of my business is referral referrals, man. It's yeah. somebody who saw me or who knew me or who had mm-hmm. been watching what I've been doing yeah. and, and, and plugged my name 
in into that particular moment. So, yeah, yeah. man. So let's so let's talk about the personal journey that we that we had together. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, and I'm sure you could tell in my voice when we first talked, I was a little skeptical and hesitant. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, about going on this 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 LinkedIn journey about hiring you as my LinkedIn coach. Yeah. But man, as a result, it like I'm it seems like I'm showing up in everybody's search speak now. Speak on it, man. Speak on it. Speak <laughs> on it. Showed up in everybody's search the the and and for the topics and yeah. for the categories I, that I want to show up for. Yeah. You know, as a speaker, as a consultant, as a host, consistently showing up that way in in search and you know, before we met, there was some work out there. There were some right. YouTube videos and recommendations that I had on paper from organizations that I worked for that that spoke to the fact that I did a good job right. as a as a speaker, as a presenter, as a workshop facilitator. Yeah. But I didn't have like I didn't have those receipts on my profile. So let's so, you know, we're here on the podcast where we're coming down to the end of our conversation. You can be completely honest. Yeah. Like when, when we first started working together and even before we had our conversation, I could tell that you had been on my profile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of first impression. Yeah. You know what you saw versus what I said I did. Yeah. And then looking at the work we've done together now. Uh, what do yeah. you see? So first impression so, versus so, what so, you see. So now. what I'll say, what I'll say, what so my first impression wasn't anything personal about you. Yeah, yeah. Right. So whenever I vet a client, because I, you know, I vet, I, I vet anybody that I get referred to. Right. Absolutely. No. Is this person going to take this service and really use it? Mm-hmm. Right. Because it makes no sense to make over somebody's profile if they're not going to use it. And don't get it wrong. I, I don't mind getting paid, but I want to get paid and I want to see this person utilizing it so they can get paid. Yeah. So keep in mind, everything I do is focused on mutualism. So I don't want to just get the check and you don't make two times, 10 times, 100 times what you invested in me. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So my thing, my first thing is like, is he going to be, is he going to use this? But because you were a, because you were a speaker and you had so many other things going for you as well, you know what I mean. It 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 allowed me to say, okay, I can work with this brother, right? And when we had our conversation, I lay I literally laid out what options were available. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a firm believer in this, man. If if I go to a if I go to a clothing shop and a person already has in their mind what they want to sell me, I'm turning I'm turning around and walking out the door. But if they don't allow me to tell them what I want and then they show me what I want and then they leave me alone, if they do that, I'm going to make up my mind. And here's how they know I'm ready to buy. I came in the store. You feel what I'm saying? Like I came in the store. They didn't have to they didn't have to wine me and dine me and and talk to me. They came in the store. I came in the store. You came to me. We had a conversation. We had to we had to talk. I laid out what the services was based on what you wanted and based on your budget and based on your level of discipline and commitment. And you selected what you wanted at that time. You know, um, we did the uh, we did the LinkedIn pro- elite LinkedIn profile makeover. And here's the beauty of that that experience. And I mm-hmm. told you straight off the rip. I don't know if you remember what I told you, but I said, listen, next week my price is going up. That's what you said. <laughs> and, 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 and because something had happened in my life right before you came, I said, oh, no, I, uh-uh. I'm giving away way too much value mm-hmm. for the price that that I'm charging. 
and and I and I and I respected what I said to you, right? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. You you didn't you didn't come. You we didn't do like when I told you that you didn't do we didn't do business right away. You came back, and what did I do? I honored the price that I quoted you, mm-hmm. but best believe the price had already changed. You feel me? And, yeah. and the beauty of that situation is that people are paying me at the new price mm-hmm. that I changed to. You feel what I'm saying? Because I'm giving away way more value than what people are paying for, you know? So, so yeah. And I think in that interchange and just seeing how you're using it. And then I even hit you up because I'm not the type of person. I'm not going tit for tat. I'm not going to say, yo, I'm, hey, but you got to charge me for this next piece of advice I'm about to give you. No, because your payment to me is what you've already done. You've already yeah. me two or three people that's like, yo, I'm looking, you know, I'm interested. So I don't need to nickel and dime you so yeah. i hit you up and I, I saw something you posted you had a, a fire you had all these companies that you that you had done business with i'm looking at your linkedin profile i'm like yo bro why, why that's not on linkedin <laughs> yeah. because the flyer yep. is going the flyer is going to go to the depths of the doggone feed and who gonna catch that mm-hmm. right if i don't jump on the page if i don't jump on the feed at the time that you posted i'm gonna miss that so now it's like you did all that for nothing but if you put those same companies on your linkedin profile that's on there forever so when i jump on your page and i'm scrolling and i'm like oh you did oh you spoke for that company that company oh that's my competitor oh i need to get him in let me send him an invitation let me let me send him an invitation to connect Listen, why we can't give too we can't give too much more away in the, in this conversation. We we want people to to definitely re- reach out to you and yeah, yeah, yeah. and to engage in in your services and what you offer. It's not yeah. just insight into LinkedIn. It's right. insight into into to business and life mm-hmm. uh, and overall, you know how you carry yourself and present yourself uh, to the world. And I can say from our exchange. Mm-hmm. And from the the work that we're continuing to do together, I've been telling as many people I as it. I possibly can, uh, because this is the world that we're in. This yeah. is the world of engagement and marketing and promotion. Right. And we know that as much as people put job notices out there, yeah, most jobs are filled through networks. Yeah, they come through. They come through networks. And you know, I love. There was a quote. I, I, I know who said it, but I'm not going to mention his name because he's not in my graces right now. Uh, but the gentleman said something so powerful. He says, uh, "The rich, they they build and find networks. Mm. Other people just work." Say that one more time. Right? The rich find and build networks. The other people just work. Hmm. So what that means, and going back to the part mm-hmm. about uh, 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 being where you need to be, or if you're taking them forever, I guarantee you, if you get into a network or if you build your own network, you literally will 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 spill uh, uh, speed up time. Yeah, because the time that it takes for you to get to a destination, that time is folded when you connect with somebody who's already been there. Or is on the way there. You know what I mean? And they can tell you, you need to do A, B, C, and D to be able to get to this destination versus you attempting to figure it out on your own and it takes you 20 years. I would rather sit with someone who has taken 20 years to get to a destination. I would rather invest two years of my, I mean, excuse me, two years, two hours. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's still less than 20. Yeah. 
to sit down with somebody who gives me a nugget or two and I apply that and I literally boom, right to my destination. You know what I mean? And so, so uh, yeah, rich, the rich build and find networks. Other people just work. Man, there's a Chinese proverb that says, if you want, if you want to know the way, ask someone coming back. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. man. Yep. So, man, let's do let's do. We talked about we talked about the college piece. We talked mm-hmm. about trades and allied health. And you had that mm-hmm. story uh, that you brought in of the young man who got the incredible job two minutes from his house and then opened the door for yeah. somebody else. Yeah. Talk to me about the the LinkedIn story. Somebody who mm-hmm. who in, encountered you engaging your services. Yeah. You you work with them as their LinkedIn coach. Mm-hmm. You turn turn around, not just their profile, because we're not just talking about a profile makeover. We're talking about an overall strategy yeah. and yeah. approach to the platform. You work with someone and they 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 hit you up and they said, "Man, YB, uh, you listen, here's what has happened. Here's how my business has transformed or yeah. I've been able to find clients or I've been able to find employees or man, I should have paid you four times the amount of what, right. Give me some of those feel good stories. Cause I really yeah. want to dovetail into how people can connect with you and learn more about what you do with LinkedIn. Well, i tell you what, I would say the biggest success that I got was, um, when I got the opportunity to work with ET and his team, Eric Thomas and Associates, because to be honest with you, uh, before uh, November of 2015, I didn't know who Eric Thomas was. Mm-hmm. Right. And for those who don't know who he is, that's listening to the podcast. Uh, he's 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 notably the number one motivational speaker in the world. Right. Uh, this brother is a native of uh, Detroit, uh, grew up, actually was born in Chicago, native of Detroit, uh, Michigan. Um Grew up, was born to a teenage mother, uh, ended up finding out that his father, that he thought was his father, wasn't his father. Uh, and and it just enraged him to the point where he, you know, left home, ran away from home, dropped out of high school, was homeless, living in abandoned buildings, ate out of trash cans. But this brother, with all the adversity that he endured, was able to change his life because of relationships yeah. And became the number one motivational speaker to the point where he is on route to not only uh, obtaining the Nobel Prize, but becoming a billionaire. Right. So he his whole trajectory. So why am I telling you this? Because his impact on me allowed me to leverage my gift to then help him increase his visibility on LinkedIn because he and his squad, they weren't really using LinkedIn like that. You know what I'm saying? And and so and and because still people don't know who he is, LinkedIn allows for him to be able to continue to increase its visit his visibility in the brand to touch more people to now learn more about him. So I would say that's probably the biggest success story uh, that I've that I've had. Um, and, and you know I've had clients that you know have said what you said, but I think for me just being able to serve in that role to support him and his squad. Uh, to be able to do that, because I'm a firm believer that, you know, it's a matter of time before he gets a call or gets a nod to say that he he has earned the Nobel Prize. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. serving so many people and impacting lives and not just to be able to say that I had a, a just a tiny morsel, uh, a part of that to increase the visibility. Let me let me put a pin in that and just hmm. share that happened to me recently uh, in terms of brands. Right. Yeah. Um, I was on a coaching call on Monday. And my coach was talking about Nike. He was breaking down Nike and how one of the marketing strategies that, that Nike has is to be uh, phenomenal on social media. 
that prompted me to go to Nike's LinkedIn company page. Mm-hmm. So I had not gone there. I know who Nike is, but I had not gone there. I'd not visited. Yeah. While I'm on the page, and I'd never seen this happen before, brother. They're following the numbers of followers was literally going up as a ticker. I refreshed my page. It went up some more. I refreshed my page again. It went up even more. (laughs) I've never seen that in my, it's already, they already have 4 million plus followers, Mm -hmm. but per minute or per second, that number kept going up and up and up. So what that showed me was that LinkedIn is adding tremendous value to Nike you feel what I'm saying? Increasing yeah. this visibility. So now I get to do the same thing for someone who's never used LinkedIn. Now they, they may, it might take them a minute to get to Nike's level, right? Yeah, a little but bit. But what, what, what I was impressed on was that there are people that are still finding out about Nike, finding out about Eric Thomas, finding out about Pierre Quinn. You feel what I'm saying? Find out about Rob YB Youngblood. All because we are on a platform that focuses on business and has a culture of business and connecting. That those things uh, is what impresses me when it comes to working with you know uh, entrepreneurs who want to enhance their visibility, credibility, and profitability. YB, I call it shameless plug time. Yeah, us all, all the connects. What's the best way to to reach out to you? I know you're going to plug yeah. your your LinkedIn profile uh, yeah. for the people who are maybe hesitant, want to learn more, maybe they're not on LinkedIn. What's, what's the best way all around to get connected with you? Yeah, absolutely. You can, you can, you can come to your, Y-O-U-R, your LinkedIn locksmith.com. Um, you know, you can start there. Uh, Instagram is where I'm at. I, I'm spending a little more time on Instagram. So your LinkedIn locksmith, um, you know, Y-O-U-R, sometimes, you know, as brothers and sisters, we might spell your a little different, but Y-O-U-R, LinkedIn locksmith, or Y-B, the T H E Y B the connector on Instagram. Those two pages are, are where I spend my time. Uh, obviously, the your LinkedIn Locksmith expresses more on the LinkedIn side, and then the Y B the connector is more of my personal brand. Man, definitely going to put those in the show notes so people can just be one click away and not have any excuse co- to connect with you. Yeah, uh, Y B. So my guest on this episode of the LinkedIn <laughs> of the LinkedIn, my guest on this episode. Of the Leading Wild Green podcast has been Rob YB Youngblood. YB, thanks for hanging out with us today. Oh, my pleasure, brother. You keep on doing what you're doing. Be encouraged. Be blessed. Keep the faith. Great conversation with Robert YB Youngblood on the power of LinkedIn. I loved YB's story and how he's been leveraging his experience in his younger years to continue serving his clients through the power of LinkedIn and other avenues. So you want to connect with YB, especially if you're looking to make stronger connections using the power of LinkedIn, connect with YB. I left some links in the show links for you to follow up with. And when you reach out to YB, just let them know you heard about him on the Leading Wild Green podcast. Let them know where you got the information from. He's happy to talk to you. Hey, that's all I got for this episode of the Leading Wild Green podcast. You know, it's my mission to help you live, learn and lead with confidence. So until next time. Take care and God bless.